0: Hey friends, I'm Christine Chappell, and you're listening to the Hope and Help podcast from IBCD, where we host biblical conversations about life's challenging problems. In today's episode, I'm sharing a conversation I recently had with IBCD Director of Communications Anne-Marie Goudsward, where we discuss my personal history with IBCD and how the Lord has used biblical counseling to help shape my family, life, and ministry. To learn more about the podcast, visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help, where you can access notes from today's episode and
1: browse related resources from our digital library. Hey, Christine, um, I'm really excited to talk to you today and get to know you a little bit better and introduce you to our audience and have them get to know you better as well. I really wanted to know first off, though, how did you get connected with IBCD?
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Anne-Marie, for hosting this interview. I am excited just to have a little chat about my history with IBCD. It really started years ago when I was referred to IBCD from one of our pastors who was walking with my husband and me through a season of depression after our third child had been born, and he was you know, coming alongside us in one another care and doing his best to minister to us in the midst of a really difficult season. But ultimately, because he had himself been trained at IBCD to offer biblical counseling in the local church, he actually recommended that we go because we lived in Temecula, California at the time, just about 20 minutes away from the IBCD offices in Escondido. And so because of our close proximity, he recommended that we go and receive counseling and so we called and they had availability and i was able to get connected with a really amazing female counselor there who walked alongside me as i was trying to navigate the different sorrows and disappointments and things that i was experiencing and ultimately i transitioned from her care to then my husband and I being counseled by Jim Neuheiser and spent several months with Jim just working on marriage issues and communication and some of those, you know, skills and learning what the Bible has to say to the various conflicts and challenges we were facing and so really my history with IBCD started as a counselee uh, in the counseling chair and receiving such wonderful faithful care by the IBCD counselors and leadership and definitely the time that we spent there was so precious and valuable to us and I'm just really thankful that IBCD was part of our story in that capacity
1: Yeah, and that is so encouraging for me to hear because that is our goal at IBCD and that is to care well for people and to equip pastors to be able to do that too. So you, you said you ended your counseling with IBCD, but then it seems as though you transitioned into counseling training. You want to tell me a little bit about that and the CDC training that you went through? Absolutely. Well, when I
0: first became a believer in Christ a couple of weeks after my father had passed away, I had spent 28 years of my life not knowing the Lord. In fact, I was an atheist. I didn't even believe that God existed. And so I really felt like I was so behind and I just had this zeal to read and research and try to figure out what is this Bible? Who is this Jesus? And how does this affect all the various struggles that I had endured in my adulthood? Because the depression and other challenges that I had really started as a teenager and just basically wove its way into my story all throughout my adult life. And so finally coming to Christ and realizing that I was was a new creation and that being a new creation, I had been given power by the Holy Spirit to see my heart be changed for Christ's glory, I wanted to know, how can I make that happen as quickly as possible? (laughs) So I did did become really, really interested in material. I think one of the first Bible studies that I did with my church was Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul David Tripp. And I was so fascinated, you know, I, I laugh a little bit today because I was so zealous to grow spiritually. and I found out that IBCD had the Care and Discipleship program, and it was a really low cost. That was like number one benefit was I could go through this material and not only have it be helpful to my own walk with Christ, but help me to minister to others who might be suffering in ways that I have suffered in the past and even was at that time still struggling with, with depression. I think for many women who are in my position where maybe they're mothers or they're working and so they don't have the ability to go and educate themselves in a formal seminary capacity this was a way that i could grow spiritually equip myself for ministry in a very tangible way and so it was a no-brainer how accessible this material was to just go ahead and pursue using it even though i didn't really know at the time exactly how the lord was going to want me to implement some of these things. I just knew that it was a good idea and that I had a desire to want to learn. And so I did go through all three of the CDC certificates and did the exams and got my little, you know, certificates. In fact, they're, I'm looking at them right now. They're hanging in my closet where I record these podcasts. And so just a reminder, I guess, of really God's design for comfort and how I have received comfort from him. It's from, you know, 2 Corinthians talks about how really we are designed to be a conduit of God's comfort to other people based on the comforts he has given us in the midst of our afflictions. And so for one reason or another, God has just given me a a passion for wanting to participate in one another care in that way by simply just being a conduit of comfort. And I could think of no better material to use than the IBCD care and discipleship curriculum for the exact reasons that I explained. It's just, it's accessible, it's affordable, and I think just the teaching that I received and the equipping that I received is top-notch I would agree, but I'm a little biased.
1: <laughs> um, so that that's really interesting. You said the exact, exact verse that I was thinking as you were talking about the comfort that we receive and then the comfort that we give to others. So maybe can you tell me a little bit about the specific comfort that you received in your biblical counseling so that the audience can hear some of even your passion through what you received um, that you are now giving out?
0: The thing that stands out to me the most, I think there was a time with my female counselor and then a time with Jim Neuheiser that are both just embedded into my heart. And really with the female counselor, what we worked on most was on waiting on the Lord. And so I brought her in my notes. I think the first session that we had together, I brought her my mind map. I had mind mapped one of the Psalms and it's this huge piece of paper with all of these very, it looks chaotic, but it's not, it makes sense to me, but just, I wanted to show her. I'm like, look, I love God's word. I'm trying to be in his word. I want to understand and grow in wisdom of the Lord. And for some reason, I'm still struggling and I could not understand why. And she really helped to point me back to the scriptures. And I actually had to memorize scripture on waiting on the Lord and trusting in the Lord because my temptation was to not be patient to wait on him. I wanted, again, I, it goes back to I wanted to fix myself. I didn't want to be broken by depression anymore. I didn't want to be experiencing sorrows that I couldn't fix. And so I had this aversion to suffering. And I thought that if I would just do enough Bible study, enough spiritual disciplines that I could avoid suffering through this excess of faith. And she really helped me to understand that I could only do what I could do. And I'm only in charge of what I'm in charge of. And for the rest of it, I have to entrust myself to God and to wait on him and that my hope is ultimately in him. My hope is not in my ability to not experience suffering anymore. My hope is not in my ability to face all suffering with stoic emotions. I wasn't going to be impervious to all of my suffering. I was going to still struggle, but who would I put my hope in ultimately and so she really helped me to reframe where i was putting my hopes because when i went in there i was putting my hopes in my ability to fix myself and to not suffer anymore and she really helped me to turn to the lord to wait on him that he would help me that he has not abandoned me and that i can trust even my sanctification to his timeline and his process and his empowerment and then thinking about our time with jim there was a counseling session where i was again in a deep pit of depression and feeling very disappointed about having been cast down again feeling very confused about why it was happening and possibly even a little bit hopeless that I was just so sick and tired of this cycle going round and round. And he reminded me, I will never forget. He said, I know you're feeling this way right now, but has God ever left you this way? And it really seems like an obvious answer, but I was so caught in the own fog of my own misery that his poignant question forced me to look back at the history of my life and recognize and confess that no, God has not left me to be depressed forever. He has redeemed me time and time again, and he's going to do it as often as is necessary until I'm called home. And so those two moments for me really stand out in terms of just demonstrating how much impact those two people made in my own walk and through biblical counseling. Because even here we are years later, and I remember those times like it was yesterday, they were just so meaningful to me. And it's still lessons that I draw on even today when I'm facing difficulty or discouragement. And I use those encouragements also as part of my ministry to others. And so I'm now able to pass on the comforts that they gave me, that God comforted me with. And now I'm using the same terminology even, and ideas to hopefully encourage others who are walking
1: through similar depressions and sorrows. That's so cool to hear. I mean, we hear all the time, people love the CDC materials and love hearing Jim's teaching. And it's just It's so interesting to hear somebody um, so clearly saying, this is exactly what Jim said, this was his wisdom, and now I'm passing that on. And I think as teachers and trainers, Jim would, you know, just be so honored to hear that. So let me ask you a really difficult question. I don't know, you can say no if you don't want to answer it, but can you share with us some of the ways that maybe you still struggled even after the biblical counseling that you received?
0: Uh, even after biblical counseling, I don't want it to sound like this is a fairy tale story where I received biblical counseling and then all my problems were fixed because that's not the goal of biblical counseling. The goal of biblical counseling, as I understand it, is to help someone else in an intentional discipleship relationship learn how to glorify God with their life, learn how to help that person achieve God's goal for their life. And that has really been my experience is in pursuing God and pursuing fellowship and biblical counseling. I have seen God and not through any boasting of my own, but help to really address these issues that I've been struggling with through abiding in Christ. And really he has redeemed and even healed some of those areas. So even as I was walking with Christ through trying to better understand my own heart in these seasons of depression and trying to just abide in Him and trust and wait on the Lord for healing in various areas of my life, it was very difficult. And I don't, like I said, I don't wanna paint it as a fairy tale picture where I have this happy ending because people's experiences of depression and other types of brokenness, you know, are all very different. And so for me, I'm just very thankful that even in the midst of, you know, sometimes when I was confused or doubting or didn't understand what was going on, God was just so faithful to walk with me and to help to shape me to become more like Christ and not necessarily constantly put my attention and my hope on how can I fix this problem versus how can I fix my eyes on the one who is my one true hope in the midst of this problem.
1: That's that's really good. As counselors, as a counselor, one of the top things that I want to be able to do when I'm working with somebody who's suffering, like you were, is that I wanna give them a bigger picture of God. I want to replace the pictures that they have, the thoughts that they have, with that bigger picture of God. And I think that is so clear in your story. Maybe can you tell us some specific things that you did learn about God through these experiences? In my own
0: life, when I have been so near to God, then it is followed by a season of, okay, Christine, I'm going to step back and we're going to do some exercises and i love Mm -hmm. when martin lloyd jones talks about god's gymnasium in his book called spiritual (laughs) depression and just that idea of okay He's still watching like a good father does, but he's going to take the training wheels off. He knows what he's doing and he knows what I need and he knows when the perfect time is to come in and to comfort me. But we've got to be tested. We have to have the quality of our faith tested at times so that we understand if there are idols in our hearts that maybe we're clinging to, or maybe there are things that he wants to reveal to us as we're trying to navigate, you know, in my situation, navigate sorrows and again, For me, it just kept going back and back to, I want to fix myself. I don't want to struggle anymore. And I was constantly tempted to put that idol of healing on my heart. Now, healing is not a bad thing. It's not bad to not want to struggle. But when it becomes an ultimate thing even more than my willingness to wait on god to trust god for healing when it comes in his time and even if it doesn't fully come in this life he will be with me and that he will empower me to grow in christ as i'm walking through those situations and not only that but he will redeem those situations for my good for his glory and for the good of others and so there was a season where i did experience such significant I guess you could say a significantly crushed spirit that we did seek medical intervention And I did qualify for a psychiatric diagnosis, which was bipolar disorder too. And as much as I hated to be in that position, I was not approaching this process in a spirit of humility. I was approaching it as I can figure out how to make my problems go away in my own strength. And even in the times when I thought I was relying on God's strength, I would get embittered because I felt like he wasn't helping me enough to achieve the goal that I wanted in my life, which was to be rid of my suffering. And so it was a rude awakening to walk through that particular season. But I have to be honest with you that even in the midst of that, God encouraged me By letting me know that whatever happens in this life does not impact my identity. So whatever man-made label someone wants to put on me because I qualify for one thing or another, and even in that qualification, it can be very subjective at times. It doesn't change who I am in Christ. It doesn't change the hope that I have of the future. It doesn't change the fact that I am a new creation. It doesn't change the fact that he entrusts us with the gospel so that we can go and proclaim his name among the nations. It doesn't impact me to the point where now God won't use me or work through me and doesn't make a difference in that he won't allow me to continue to share the comforts I've received for other people's benefit so that they can receive the comfort of God and so he even through that season of weakness and disappointment I feel like I came out on the other side and even still a work in progress but just with a boldness that I didn't have before that I wasn't relying on my strength anymore it wasn't relying on my qualifications or anything that had to do with me it was again just trusting in the Lord and trusting in his promises that he will continue to use weak and broken vessels for his glory in a way that it will prove that man will not prevail by his own strength and so really that has been just what i have been walking in over the last years and why i I am so passionate about biblical counseling because it has woven god's truth into my heart so that i could be in a position where i am today of learning how, again, it's a lifelong process, learning how to entrust myself to him who judges rightly and who has ordained my times and he has put good works in front of me and that I can glorify him with my life in spite of weaknesses, in spite of my history, God is able to redeem all of that and use it as a vessel of comfort for others.
1: I love that you brought up spiritual depression. That is one of my favorite books. Highly recommend that resource. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You're you're bringing up a good point that we see so often in people who are suffering, and that is that word fix and how prevalent that is in their world, in your world, you said, as the goal. But really the goal, I think, for God is that he wastes absolutely nothing. He doesn't waste our suffering in any way, shape, or form. So maybe can you tell me some of the ways that you've seen the Lord work redemptive benefits into your story over the past years?
0: yeah well i mean i think the most prevalent one right now that's that's really obvious is just what the lord has been doing in my family in the last year and a half and i share this information with the full support of my family and specifically of my daughter and so i respect her very much for her courage in allowing me to speak in a limited way about our family's journey over the last 18 months my daughter was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And it's one of these really weird autoimmune diseases called HSP. And unless you've had it or know someone who has it, you're not gonna have any idea what it is probably. But it's basically, it's called a self-limiting disease. So what it means is they don't really understand, but you have in your genetic code or something like that, the ability to have HSP. And for some reason, the body just flips the switch and starts attacking itself in really, really painful, awful ways. the point where she was debilitated for two months i mean she was bedridden she couldn't walk her legs were swollen she had rashes all kinds of really awful awful symptoms and eventually over a 12-month period the body decides we're done attacking ourselves now we're just going to stop and turn it off and so thankfully you know it wasn't a lifelong disease but it really did just wreck her world to the point where she had to be homeschooled for the remainder of seventh grade she couldn't play sports her friendships you know suffered because of the pain and isolation that she had to be in and as a result there were a lot of emotional challenges that came after such a trauma you know as a as a young woman dealing with the limitations that that disease brought and not being able to control her body and what was happening to her body and not being able to get any remedies from any doctors despite almost every test you could possibly think of scopes and scans and x-rays and medicines all this stuff and nothing helped to alleviate her pain so we did end up walking through a really significant season of her own emotional struggles and she did end up enduring a lot of pains that I myself had walked through as a teenager and even to some degree as an adult and even to some degree as a Christian in Christ. And so we really saw through that season what, again, we go back to 2 Corinthians 1, we're talking about that we are called to comfort others with the comfort that we have been comforted by God. And I was not put in that position to minister to my daughter in ways I never imagined I would. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought that I would have to be in that position to care for a child of mine who would be suffering in many of the same ways that I had suffered in terms of my depression and other things that I had endured. And so it was heartbreaking. But at the same time, I recognized one of the days I was discouraged. And then I just remember the Holy Spirit just comforting me and reminding me that I had been training for the last 18 years to do this ministry to my daughter and that God had been preparing me. There was no mistake when she was knit together in my womb. He knew that I was going to be the parent of a child who would struggle in similar ways that I had struggled myself and that I would be able to be in a position to minister the gospel to her and to comfort her and to tell her some of the very same things that I received in biblical counseling, the reminders on you know, waiting on God, on trusting in him, on putting our hope in him, And even the reminders that Jim gave about remembering, you know, he has rescued you before, he's not going to leave you where you're at, you can trust him, he is faithful, and his love is for you. And so again, just using those comforts I received to be able to minister to her. But even through that, now here we are on the other side, and by God's grace, She has been doing so well, and it gets me a little bit emotional to think about it because I'm just so thankful, Um, but she has been doing well and has been much improved, and not only that, was I able to comfort my daughter and when she needed it most in the comforts of Christ, but now we have a book coming out with Shepherd Press called Help, My Teen is Depressed, and again, I don't offer that to parents without first disclosing that my daughter knows that this project, you know, I asked her permission every step along the way. I don't share her story without being sensitive to her and without her blessing, but she is so excited that this resource is becoming available to help other parents who are in a position of walking a child through depression because we know it's a growing, growing epidemic. We know that parents and families are really hurting and really, feeling helpless to care for their child in meaningful helpful ways and so I, I can't even begin to glorify God. I, I don't have the right words to be able to display how thankful I am that even through that trial, not only did he redeem my suffering for my child, but now I am able to put together a resource that helps other families. And that was never at all in my plans. I never saw that coming. So that is an example of how even God, God's own story of redemption is personally touching my family and not to say that the story is over because we know it's not but just that he would even bring a fruit like that out of such a painful situation is just remarkable but that is our god right that's how he works he works by having us become conduits of comfort to other people so that we can pass along the good news of the gospel and of gospel hope to people who desperately need to hear it
2: yeah and you're not only mentioning the fruit of what happened with your own family a ministry was born so why don't you talk a little bit about that what why do you think these experiences of yours fuel your ministry today
0: Well, you know, so the ministry that I really have today, it's writing, but also through this podcast. And so, you know, my heart for the podcast has been from the beginning, wanting to offer a place where we can have compassionate biblical conversations about life's challenging problems. And the reason being is because as I have been walking with Christ, I have come to see that many people like myself in those early days struggle to try to figure out how their faith interacts with everyday problems problems, not just depression or suicidal thinking or self-harm or things like that, but any of life's problems. And even when we read in Second Corinthians, so talking about the comforts that we've received are meant to be given out to other people, but we see the words any and all. That means that all of life's problems, even the taboo ones, even the ones we don't want to talk about, there is a consolation and a comfort of God for any and all all of life's afflictions. And so my desire through this podcast is that we would just continue to be blessed by God's grace and facilitate conversations on any and all of life's challenging problems so that we can really begin to peel back the veil of the gospel riches that we have in Christ and people can come to understand that God's word is sufficient and that he gives us everything that we need for life and godliness and to be able to endure suffering Cause like you and I have talked about the goal isn't to fix all of life's problems I mean, that's great if we are blessed by the ability to see healing and remedies and restoration and redemption in some of the things that we're dealing with today, but that's not the ultimate goal. And so we bless God and we thank him for the problems he does help us to address in this life, but knowing that there's still going to be more suffering on the horizon, we don't know what it's going to look like in the future, but that God can be trusted and that ultimately we will be finally healed, we will be finally restored, we will have relationships finally be totally reconciled in christ and so this podcast and the writing ministry that i'm doing was really birthed out of just my personal experience and wanting to figure out how does god's word how does jesus christ intersect with my problems but then what are the goals in those problems too because i had lived for so long with trying to know what god's word said but then also trying to use god's word as a means of achieving my own goals and that's not how it works (laughs) i had to learn that and so i'm hopeful that through the conversations that we produce here at the IBCD podcast that we can help to encourage people equip them in christ offer hope and meaningful help in the midst of their problems not only so that they can address their own hearts through the power of the holy spirit but also so that they can be more compassionate lovers of other people again we just go back to second corinthians that's the model That's what we're called to. We need to let those blessings flow through us. The living water pass through our conduit of comfort so that other people can be refreshed and restored
2: as well. It is that passion in you for other people, for God and for other people. That was so attractive for me when I heard about your podcast and your ministry. But not only that. I think you're one of the most creative and gifted people that I know. So why don't you just talk to me a little um, now about this partnership that we're embarking. What's next in your ministry, both at IBCD, but also for your own personal ministry?
0: Yeah, well, I think really the partnership is going to open up, you know, prayerfully by God's grace, and of course as will, but open up some doors to really have some helpful meaningful conversations on some extremely challenging topics. And so I'm really excited to see how the Lord will start to share the podcast through the various channels the IBCD has. We're working on trying to figure out ways where we can help to make churches that are connected with IBCD to be able to freely share this resource of the podcast because it's free biblical. biblical counseling content. And I also too, you know, part of my heart for this podcast is while I do want to offer conversations with biblical counselors, I also want to offer conversations with ministry leaders and people who maybe aren't directly associated with the biblical counseling movement, yet they still have a message and they still have a ministry that helps people to look to God in the midst of their challenges or their suffering. And so you're going to see a mix of interviews from all kinds of people in all different types of circles, all with the same message that the gospel of Jesus Christ offers hope and help for life's challenging problems. And I hope by kind of cross collaborating in some of the various circles that will also give other audiences opportunities. to get introduced to what biblical counseling is what the goals are what it looks like but mostly just what does it look like to come alongside others in a helpful hopeful meaningful way that helps to equip them to deal with life's challenges in a way that glorifies God and grows them spiritually so That's really the hope for the partnership with IBCD and I have honestly no idea how that's going to, you know, work itself out in the future. I didn't even know that this was going to be An opportunity. God was gracious to even bring it to me at the end of last year. And so I really am trying to keep an open hand on it and then Personally, just with my writing ministry, and I do have other Shepherd Press Lifeline mini books that I am contributing to. There are three other titles that I'm working on uh, probably over the next couple of years, as fast as the Lord will allow me to while still being faithful to my family and other commitments. And so I am very thankful for the opportunity to be able to use the comforts I have received from God and just be a conduit and let that living water of Jesus Christ pass through me to other people so that they can be encouraged, but then hopefully so that they too experience so much comfort from the Lord that they say, I can hardly keep it to myself. I have to tell someone, I have to go and reach hurting people with the same comfort that I've received. And so they go on and bear fruit in their own lives and whatever capacity and and talents and gifts and treasures the Lord gives them. And so I certainly don't hope that anything that we're doing here at IBCD, or even in my own writing ministry, is a stopping point anything I hope it's a springboard that points people to resources that IBCD has to offer that points people to authors who have written books that are helpful on various topics and life's challenging problems and so that those people who receive that help and that hope from the podcast and from my writing will then in turn be inspired by the Holy Spirit to go and reach others for Christ and through that ministry of reconciliation we've all been given to go and preach the good news to the poor in spirit and to come near to the broken the way that God draws near
2: to us. Well, thank you so much, Christine. This has been informative, helpful, and just exciting really for IBCD and for the Hope and Help podcast, but it is now your turn to answer the traditional closing question of the podcast okay. by speaking directly to the audience. There may be somebody listening today who is currently walking through a dark season of life. And maybe they are struggling with a sense of hopelessness or helplessness, and they aren't sure where God is in the midst of their battle. What would you say to this person to encourage them to look to Christ for their true hope and help?
0: I mean, the best thing that I would tell you if that is where you're finding yourself today is just to pass along the faithful wisdom that I received when I was walking through a similar situation, going back to my days of IBCD when I was receiving biblical counseling. And so, number one, God is your one true hope. The cross of Christ proves that he is not unconcerned about the issues that you're walking through, about the pain that you're experiencing, about the hurt and the desperation, and maybe even the hopelessness that you feel. You are not alone. He sees you. He knows what's going on. He cares about it. And even though he might feel distant, you can trust him. There's nothing else that Christ needs to prove to you. He was up on the cross hanging for your sins, that you might be restored to the Father in fellowship and for eternity. So someone who would take that upon himself and hang there for you so that you could be reconciled to the Father. He can be trusted even now as you wait on him to restore your joy. And then the other thing that I would say is what Jim told me look back at your life and trace God's faithfulness I'm sure this is not the first time that you have faced difficulty in your life has he left you always in difficulty has he not come to rescue you one time look back and trace it and if you haven't been walking with Christ for a very long time maybe you're just in the midst of navigating what even this newfound faith means for you you have a family You have a great cloud of witnesses, the Bible tells us, where you can trace back the history of God's people, of the nation of Israel, and know and see his redemption time and time and time again to a people who did not deserve it and sometimes didn't even want it. And yet he remained faithful to do according to his word, which is to be a redeemer. And to be a comforter and to offer peace to those who would call upon his son Christ for salvation so God will not leave you where you're at he has not left you he will not forsake you he forsook his son on the cross so that you would never have to be forsaken and I would just implore you to make God your refuge and resolve to wait on him and know that help is coming Before we let you go, I'd like to remind you to visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help. There you can check out the show notes from today's episode. If you enjoyed today's conversation, why not subscribe to the podcast? That way you'll be notified when new weekly episodes release. Also, please don't keep the Hope and Help podcast a secret. If you know someone who could be encouraged by listening to this episode, please do them a favor by sharing it. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Be sure to join us next time on the Hope and Help podcast.